go all right this is the coast to coast combat hour ed carberhall as always with matthew hawkins here the week after ufc 252 this episode is brought to you by allaccessmma.com please check out all access mma for all your mixed martial arts news matt so uh how you how, how'd you like ufc 252 uh, you got some of the things you wanted i saw no, I mean, uh, my predictions were pretty good, uh, so I'll yeah. pat myself on the back a little bit there, but um, overall, I enjoyed it. I, I've had uh, people give me mixed opinions on, on the on the night of entertainment, um, but for the most part, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it. You know, just on the main card, I, I think uh, neither of us were surprised by Dashovili. I was a little bit surprised at how easy he had. Uh, it, actually, he didn't really take down Dodson. What was he, like 1 of 18 or one of 20 or something, but the one that, that did happen, he got up, Dodson got up like right away. So. Yeah. So they really never took him down, but I guess the, uh, the amount of pressure and stuff that Dashavili puts on his opponents is, is something that's obviously working for him. So he picks up a big win, goes to 12 and four unanimous decision. Uh, no question who won the fight. Um, Dodson, mm. uh, I think as Cruz said, might be the toughest guy in the world to hold down. Um, and, uh, it's amazing how a little dude like that basically floats up off the ground constantly. Uh, I wonder if it's because of his dimensions. It's so easy for him to get up. I think so. I mean, I don't know. I have never been that small, but I imagine it's easier to, to pick up your 125 pound body off the ground than it is to pick up your 225 pound body. So I don't know, but I mean, it's got, obviously it's technique and skill that's involved in it that, uh, that he's, he's damn good at takedown defense but uh but he wasn't able to unload on anything i think the fear of the takedown and i mean when you consider that dashavili i believe it was eight i believe it was 18 attempts you know when you have 18 takedown attempts over a, a 15 minute fight that's uh you don't have a lot of time to breathe you're constantly uh fighting off the the threat of the takedown and and the, the you know the grapple up against the cage and and everything else so really it didn't leave much room for dotson to be able to use any of his striking or, you know, the fight never hit the ground. So there was never any submissions or anything like that. It was, it was basically just Dasha really spamming takedown attempts and frustrating dots and, and, and picking up the win. So big win for him. I think the upset of the card um, would be Daniel Pineda. I know this is a fight that was a prelim fight that got moved to the main card uh, when we had the, uh, when we had Kutalaba drop out with the COVID test, but uh, Daniel Pineda, veteran who hadn't been in the UFC for a few years comes back and uh, dominates Herbert Burns. Uh, I know you wrote, you wrote about that being a fight to see. Uh, we didn't really pick a winner in that fight, but I think we kind of were on the, the Burns uh, wagon a little bit there. Uh, were you surprised at what you saw in that bout? I was a little bit surprised. Uh, funny thing about the ending of that fight, <clears throat> you know, being a part of the Burns family and stuff like that, uh, almost immediately after, um, uh, Michael Bisping put up a nice counter to the position of how to get out of it when you're getting in the position that um, Burns lost in. But um, I mean, you know, it's easy to analyze when you're not when you're not in the position and getting elbowed to death the way that he was. So um, I I want to say I was surprised, but I also know that Pineda was no slouch either it's, it's not like i mean he's a veteran in his own right so 
I guess we shouldn't be too surprised. So, I mean, that's how I immediately looked at it afterwards. So I was, uh, I was definitely, um, sorry, I got an alert from the freaking, uh, fire company for my township. But, um, yeah, uh, it was definitely something that, uh, that, uh, I was hoping it would have gone the other way, but you know, he got by. I wonder if it was because they bumped him up to the main card, maybe threw him off. But I, I hear there were some weight issues too, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, he just got he just went up against a guy who was on that night. Um, I mean, all of these guys are killers in their own right. Uh, they just run into other killers at, at different times, and I think Pineda had one of those career performances that he's kind of been looking for since he came into the UFC. And obviously Herbert Burns isn't it isn't the name that it, like his brother is, but a uh, big win for, uh, you know, veteran. Uh, we'll keep him around. We'll definitely get him a few more fights in the UFC um, where hopefully he can, um, although not huge money, uh, definitely more money than he'd likely make fighting uh, for any other smaller promotion around, around the country. So good for Pineda. That brings us to really the big three fights of the night. Um, the ones that that people were generally talking about. Uh, I was wrong on this prediction. I believe you were correct. Um, you had Rosenstroke. I had uh, Dos Santos uh, and uh, Jarzahino. Uh, no, we were both game. wrong because remember I picked uh, I picked Dos Santos because I picked against him for his fight before that. But yeah, no, it's, but, we were both wrong. <laughs> so we were both wrong on that one. Then Dos Santos gets KO'd. Um, <clears throat> putting his career in, in a sense limbo. Now that's uh, three losses in a row. Um, he's starting to get KO'd a lot now. Uh, I think his run at, at any kind of top UFC billing is pretty much uh, run its course now. So uh, with that said, Rosenstruck picks up a huge win, goes to 11 and one His only loss against the number one contender currently in Ganu. Um, and with, you know, with what we'll get to in the main event, uh, the heavyweight door, for uh for title fights and big fights seems to really be open right now uh considering the i guess the lack of depth in general at, at heavyweight currently in the ufc at least for big name guys that are going to uh really contend for a title so rosenstruck picks up a huge ko win uh like i said surprise to me i didn't think he'd, it would go that route but it did and uh, he picks up the win and and moves on um that brings us probably to yeah, well, the, the the second biggest talked about the co-main event uh, fight. Neither of us really thought should be the co-main event. Uh, hmm. You picked Sugar Sean. I took uh, Marlon Vera, despite being a little bit, uh, you know, not not the most confident pick I've ever had. It was more uh, a little personal bias, perhaps. But uh, Marlon well, that, Vera, that was a smart betters pick, though. I mean, there's people that that he was plus two forty. I think uh, the last time I checked the odds before that underdog. And um, yeah, pick, yeah. I mean, it's money. one of those things. I mean, it, 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 I wish I was a was a gambler, um, or at least I wish Vegas was open so <laughs> I could be there for these fights and and then gamble. But uh, it, it's a tough one. Uh, obviously, an injury occurred. It appears to be the same injury uh, that we had spoken about in the past with O'Malley uh, leg injury. Uh, this time, he suffered it, and he fought an opponent who wasn't going to let him off the hook. Although he kind of tried to. Um, by going down to the ground, uh, I'll never understand having a guy's leg injured and then and then letting him fight from the ground. Seems weird to me. But Vera went in there and did different than uh, what O'Malley's previous opponents did. He came out throwing some bomb elbows, uh, 
really cracked O'Malley with one of them, it seemed like. And then, and then Herb Dean, uh, shut, shut it down, stopped the fight, uh, a bit prematurely perhaps, but I'm not going to hold anything against him. I think that considering the injury without the, if, if we didn't know that O'Malley had a bad leg and it didn't seem like he was going to last very long or at least be able to, to really fight it out on the feet, uh, I would have thought it was a horrible stoppage, but when you throw it, when you mix in the injury with it, um, I think it was a little bit of a compassionate stoppage. Um, and for a young fighter like O'Malley, I, I didn't see any reason for him to take, you know, 25 unanswered elbows and get all cut up and broken no. and orbitals and all that stuff that goes along with it. So, you know, quick stoppage, I mean, but, but I think there's there speculation as to where, if the injury was already there or if it was from uh, a kick that got checked or him checking a kick, um, you know, cause it looked like, uh, uh, Joe Rogan said it during the broadcast. It looked like similar to what happened to, uh, Michael Chandler when he fought uh, Brent Primus here in New York. Um, with the calf kicks, so, you know, the calf kicks are the new, uh, are the new, uh, leg kicks from back in the day. Who was the guy that, that was, that was known for throwing leg kicks in the early UFC days? I, Marco, for some reason, Marco Huas? Mark, yeah, Marco Huas. So like, like, like that's the new Marco Huas move instead of leg kicks, it's calf kicks. Everyone's throwing them and looking to make, uh, you know, shins break or fall asleep or the nerve damage seems to make your, the, the, the uh, placement of your foot or lose control of how you place your foot when you're putting weight down on it. Cause I know when Michael Chandler spoke with uh, our boy, Ariel Hawani after that injury, he was fine. And they said, it's just like a, a really bad Charlie horse that, you know, shuts off that part of your body when uh, landed. Right. So hopefully he's all right. I didn't see any injury updates on him, but you know, well, I mean, we got two things involved here then. I mean, either, in a sense, you, I mean, I don't want them to be injured uh, with an injury that's terrible, but I'd almost rather have there be some kind of damage. Otherwise, I mean, is every, have we figured out that you just need to hit O'Malley with a calf kick and, and you <laughs> bust his leg up? I mean, I, I would think as like a fighter, you wouldn't want to just have a button that shuts you down <laughs> every time. So the fact yeah. that they're saying it's the same injury, um, and there's no real injury. Well, I, I shouldn't. Well, I, I haven't the, seen the, evidence of like broken bones or yeah. or anything like the, that. The thing of it is, if it could be just a problem part of his body that he needs to either adjust his training or adjust the way that he fights too. You know, I mean, uh, when when you look at athletes at that level and the things that they do to their body, you know, maybe he never even, you know, these guys have to, you know, if you're on the shelf, you're not making money. And in, the, and in in his case, you know, if, if you're not making money and you're not you're not out and being pushed and marketed, then then all his other things start to fail. His the stuff he does on Twitch or whatever else he does that that he makes money on. So it's it's one of those things that it's like you know uh, maybe he jumped back in too soon and he never really recovered from the first time. But it's it's twice already that we see him fall to that that same limb issue, lower his lower. <laughs> extremities of uh was that his right leg i think it was yeah and i think he um i think it it seems really ser- serious with him the way because of his movements he, he the way he fights he kind of is bouncing around um he's not a stationary plotting fighter that can kind of maybe shake that off it, it really throws his style and, and ability to uh to use all of his weapons when when one of his limbs is is uh is not working a hundred percent properly. So, but Vera picks up the win. I mean, this moves Vera into, into some uh, company now where he's kind of can be hyped. I mean, I, 
he's got he's 18 and 6 so his record doesn't jump out at you like you know something crazy but um you know he, he's he's a foreigner so he's got a country that can kind of get behind him he's uh he speaks english which is big speaks english and spanish really well so yeah yeah, yeah. No, i mean i mean that's that's big uh for for a foreign fighter um and he's exciting to watch uh i mean he's he just seems to kind of keep creeping up uh, the latter and, and, uh, you know, at first he was just kind of a prelim guy that you just kind of, ah, you know, so be it, so be it what well, he's, you know, 12 and five. Now he's, you know, 18 and six or something like that. And yeah, it's uh, funny. Uh, John Anik said during the broadcast, he'd be right when you were walking into the cage, he's like, he's, he's hoping he can build his name off of a win over O'Malley. And it looks like that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. And I think that that's the positive upside of calling a guy like O'Malley out. Um, you know, from a better's perspective, the O'Malley thing was there to be taken because there's been a history of guys that the UFC picks and chooses basically who they want to be the kind of their superstars. We saw it with Sage Northcutt. Um, mm-hmm. There's probably been there's probably been several times throughout the history where you could kind of go, you know, that guy's a little overhyped. He's fighting a, a kind of a, a bulldog of a dude. This is the fight to maybe try to make some money on, and again, I, I didn't make any money on it, so it's it's all kind of talking out my ass. But I just that's the kind of way I see it, where you know you you the, there's certain guys that you can pick. I mean, I don't think anybody if they rematched, I, I wouldn't think that O'Malley would be a three to one favorite. Um, so I mean, I, I would think we're talking basically an even money line if they fought again. Uh, so interesting we'll see where vera goes from here again like you know it, it does he move up does he piss the ufc off in a sense by beating one of their guys um that they they had uh fast tracked up the up the ladder or, or does he uh does he get a huge fight now and keep a, a co-main event you know level status or at least a pay-per-view main card level status so that'll be interesting but uh you know the the, the fight that everybody tuned in to watch the fight that had uh championship you know uh it was a championship fight the fight that had legacy written all over it uh was the was the world heavyweight title fight that headlined the card uh defending champion steve miosic faced uh former two division champion daniel cormier during the predictions i predicted a three rounds to two close decision for steve miosic uh, basically he won three rounds to two not quite as close uh close in the fact that it was three rounds to two, but the three rounds that Stipe won were pretty damn cut and dry. I don't think I see anybody really arguing. Uh, I haven't seen anybody argue a robbery or anything. Um, no, no. You know, when it was all said and done, I it was one of those fights that I wouldn't have been opposed to a draw. And I know that that would have thrown everything into fucking chaos. Yeah. But, uh, well, but, look, but look Stipe did way. win the fight. Yeah, yeah. But look, if, if let's say in another world, Cormier win, won, won that decision. And uh, but he still retires. Then you know. Then you're you're left with having to to ha- make a new heavyweight championship fight or whatever. I mean, it's kind of better that for the division that Stepe held on to the belt. But um, one thing uh, you had mentioned last week when we were looking at the card was uh, about the thing about the size of the cage and 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 what type of fight that would make. And the first round, I, I thought I thought it wasn't. It didn't make a difference, but as the fight pressed on, I feel like it did. <clears throat> Stipe said he preferred a, a bigger cage in the post-fight press conference. Um, obviously, he won, though, so it doesn't look like it made much of a difference for him. But uh, I, I wonder if that's why we didn't see the as much wrestling from Daniel 
as we should have, or if the eye issue, um, the eye issue was something, because uh, Dana White pointed this out also at the post-fight press conference <clears throat> that um, before his eye, Cormier's eye got poked, it was already bothering him probably from when he got dropped or something, but um, it looked like uh, his eye was already starting to give, bother him uh before his the, he got poked not not when he because they were one and one with eye pokes in that fight so yeah I, um i did they, yeah the announcers even talked about the size cage difference and how uh, that would affect it like you said early early on cormier actually went for a takedown yeah um so that's when i thought it would play more more of a role i just think during the rest of the fight it just keeps them so close to each other whereas stipe kind of was taking control of the fight <laughs> In a smaller cage, even in the fifth round with a dude yeah. who's basically fighting with one eye, there's really nowhere to hide. He's got the dude constantly on him. Um, I mean, up until the final bell rang for that fight, we were one punch away from Cormier winning by uh-huh. knockout. I mean, we're talking they, – they were throwing they were throwing some haymakers. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I Cormier has just gotten older. I mean, I, I don't uh, – they're obviously not completely the same, but I almost felt like it was kind of like a, a better cardio version of kind of an older Fedor um, that I was watching as, as far <laughs> as just kind of a same kind of built dude. He was Cormier was throwing kind of Hail Mary um, overhand rights that were a little bit different than I remember him throwing historically. He landed a lot of those too, though. I mean, that oh, was, he was, uh... he was, but it was a technique that I don't necessarily remember him just winding up and, and throwing Hail Mary overhand rights. Um, so, and it just, I kind of felt like, okay, like I felt like maybe watching an aging Fedor where you're watching one of the greats who is all of a sudden now just a step behind. And I know he's fighting Miosic. He, you know, he's not fighting Maldonado or, or some of the other guys Fedor's fought, but it was like, you know, it, it was, I just felt like, okay, Cormier is just not the same. He wasn't the same beast that I felt like he was, you know, obviously five years ago. And we start talking about, you know, clean in house and, and strike force tournaments and all that. Other yeah. Stuff. But I mean, Stipe can take a punch. That's for sure. I mean, cause he took a lot of those right hands. A lot of them were solid, stiff, hard punch through, you know, put, put his weight behind him, right hands. And, and Steve, Stipe just shook him off and kept, kept coming at him. I mean, uh, you know, th- that's definitely, uh, I mean, I gotta say one thing. Um, cause, uh, so, I mean, the report came out the following Monday that, that he's, he's got a torn cornea, uh, in the eye, but, uh, so the thing he said that's that stuck to me when Joe Rogan, because he did speak to Joe Rogan at the end of the fight after he lost, and uh, he said, uh, you know, the only thing he said two things. One thing was that the only thing that would draw him, he wouldn't, he doesn't want to fight anymore if he's not fighting for a title, which I know we're going to get into, you know, how how retired he really is because of that statement. And then the other thing is, uh, uh, he said, I, I've been in two rivalries for heavyweight and and light heavyweight for the championships and I, and I lost the championships and he seemed like to really beat himself up over that. But I mean, when I looked at it, I'm like, dude, you still had to win them first before you lost them. So like, stop. Like, I mean, I know that's his, that's his mindset as an, as an Olympic level competitor and, and, you know, from wrestling to be hard on himself for the loss. So I, I get that's where he's coming from, but I mean, dude, I mean like this, the guy's still, if you look at everything he's done from some from someone that wasn't interested in MMA at all to to go through the strike force tournament and win the belt there and and then do what he did in the UFC I mean that dude's got nothing I mean the, the, it's a good time to hang it up and there's nothing there's nothing wrong 
walking away from a decision loss against somebody that you beat before and and you got your one and one against you know yeah I mean, he's Cormier is an all-time great he's gonna he's top 10 all-time in in both weight classes yeah um, across all mma organizations uh, i would say all time so i mean he, he's his legacy's firm he's just he just did what a lot of other guys do and a lot not so much us but a lot of mma fans are fickle in the point where they just judge you off your last performance or two and although it wasn't a bad performance even his previous fight wasn't a bad performance he lost to a younger maybe better fighter maybe even fighter who he just lost to because he's older i mean cormier hung on for two more fights if cormier retires after fighting Derek lewis um he essentially is the all-time greatest UFC heavyweight champion and he disappears with the belt. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so I, that's why I hate criticizing guys who go, okay, well, I'm going to go again. He didn't have to give Stipe a rematch the first time, you know, and, and, but he keeps pushing himself. He's challenging himself and, and he lost, but um, I don't, I would be shocked if we don't see him again. I know he's only, yeah. what is he? he's only 40, right? Uh, or maybe maybe just approaching 41. He's not all that old as far as uh, another one more fight left in him. Um, we see it all the time with guys still hanging around. I don't want to see him come back and just get an automatic title shot. I think that that's kind of just – I don't like that idea. I think he should Yeah, have we to. saw what happened when that happened, like with George St. Pierre. You know, George St. Pierre came back, fought for the middleweight title, and then screwed up the division because he didn't want to – he just he did a one-and-done. So yeah, we don't see, see I, don't, I don't, but the difference between Cormier and, and GSP is I don't think GS, I don't think Cormier is going to wait for the weakest heavyweight champion to ever show up and then, and then decide that that's the fight he wants. I think what's going to happen, and it might end up being an automatic title shot, is if John Jones ends up world heavyweight champion sometime in like the next two and a half years, I think you see Cormier come out of retirement and challenge John Jones. I think that's the fight at heavyweight that he, would take. I think that's what would draw him out of. He's not going to come out of retirement to fight JDS. He's not going to come out of retirement to fight Rosa struck. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think those guys have the, the, the value of him. I think, I think it would be John Jones getting some, you know, getting a shot at Stipe, getting, picking up a win. And then all of a sudden you're going to have Cormier knocking on the door going, Hey, I'm, I'm still here. So that's the way I see it. We'll see what happens. If he doesn't come back, then hang in there, man. He's, made a lot of money he's got a, he's a great commentator uh and like i said a legend of the sport he can uh he can he can pick and choose what he wants to do for the rest of his life essentially well, in the sport one thing i gotta say is if it seems like i mean i don't know if he does it intentionally or what he probably does but it seems like every time cormier tries to have his own little celebration john jones has to come in and 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 steal that fire you know what i mean like like it's like okay you know farewell have a happy retirement and then he's like, "Okay, look out, heavyweights! Here I come!" And then, oh, you know, oh there, there's, yeah, that's it was 100 percent calculated. John <laughs> Jones had this plan for weeks, if not months. He was tweet, <laughs> he was tweeting before they even announced the winner that he yeah, was coming. Joe in Rogan mentioned that on on the uh, when uh, when they put up his tweet on the screen. Joe Rogan even said, uh, "You know, he's been already putting on Instagram. Apparently, he's putting up all these bulk up videos." And it's like, all right. But uh, if I'm, the, I mean, it look, I feel like, I mean, Dana White addressed that at the post-fight press conference, and he was like, "Yeah, that's fine and dandy that he said that, but Francis Ngannou is number one contender, and that's that." And 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 I I think that has a lot to do with all the earlier stuff with the, uh, you know, the contract negotiation stuff that was happening a couple of months ago, and 
you know, uh, calling out the UFC on paying me my worth and stuff like that. So now it's like, I mean, they know they can make money off of them. But again, I mean, you brought up the thing about ticket sales on a couple episodes already. And with no fans, it's like, it's like, how much, how, how much more are we going to play this game with money here? If, if uh, you're not going to, you'll draw me maybe some pay-per-view buys, but I mean, John Jones is not like, you know, I feel like he's not, he's popular, but he's, he's popular the way like, uh, you know, I don't know, someone annoying is popular. Like, no, I, I get what you're saying. He's, he's, uh, uh, yeah, a lot of as many people root for him to lose as they do root for him to win. Yeah, and there's people that think he lost that fight against Reyes. Though, as soon as that came up, I saw a lot of comments from people just saying, like, "Yeah, well, technically he's not a the light heavyweight champ. There's no va- belt to vacate because he lost." And, you know, it's like, it's like, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I thought Reyes won the fight. I think we talked about that, uh, but I don't think that Reyes is the champion. I Jones Jones is the champion. You know, uh, he that's just how the chips fell, and that's he he won the decision. Uh, in, in a in a fairly close fight, um, I don't. So that I just, I don't know. I you, I just feel like he's caused so much damn headache for the UFC. I there's other fights I'd like to see him have at heavyweight. If mm. Nganu's going to fight Stipe like Blades, Bl- Curtis Blades and John Jones is a hell of a stylistic matchup. You start talking. I mean, we start talking about one of the heavyweights that has one of the greatest takedown ratios of all time um, in Blades. Yeah. You know what's funny is that uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before or Monday, they said Anthony Rumble's back in the testing pool and coming back, and I'm like, that's the fight that we always wanted to see. I mean, and and Rumble's a big dude. I mean, I think his intention is to come back at light heavyweight, but he could definitely come back at heavyweight. I mean, if you want, if you want to start uh, hyping up the heavyweight division, that's a fight to make. John Jones. You no, know, it me. adds it. It's all funny how this all falls together. I mean, you got Cormier leaving. Basically, you got John Jones deciding that's the time now he wants to go to heavyweight, even though the guy leaving is a guy he's defeated twice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got Rumble, who is sitting on the outside, who's always talked about coming back at heavyweight, deciding now that John Jones is going to heavyweight, he's going to come back at light heavyweight, where there's really no, I mean, we're probably going to get Reyes uh, versus uh, Blakovich, uh vacant light heavyweight title fight here uh, in the next six weeks, eight weeks, whatever the next, uh, what a 253 is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I rumble's exciting to watch, but I've never fallen into the fact I've just never, I've never seen him as that elite, uh, world champion. Let's say I've always seen him as kind of like an Nganu where he scares the hell out of people and he hits them hard, but, uh, his wrestling just never was there for me. I always figured if, if, you know, if Cormier, yeah, he lost twice, twice, by submission, yeah. You know, I always figured John Jones would have make easy work of him um, at light heavyweight, especially at heavyweight. It becomes a different ball game because then you start talking about maybe you got Rumble at like two sixty. I mean, the pictures we've seen well, of him have been like massive. you said. That's the thing with I mean the whole the whole draw and the interest about a possible uh, Rumble versus Jones is is that puncher's chance with guys like like Anthony Rumble Johnson and Francis Ngannou. They're the puncher's chance for them is it's like times a thousand because of the power that they bring, you know, even, even a blocked punch still absorbed is still going to knock them off balance. You know what I mean? It, it's, it makes for an interesting fight. So, I mean, who knows? I mean, the way the fights have been getting booked during the, the, this pandemic, I mean, we could very, we could possibly see all or none of those. <laughs> so, well, let's put it this way. 
if everything goes the way MMA history will tell us, we're going to end up getting John Jones versus Gustafson three at heavyweight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's because I, I, I don't, I guess maybe Verdun's not under contract anymore, but Verdun, John Jones interests me a lot. Um, I just mm. want to see John Jones against these heavyweight dudes that are legitimate heavyweights. I don't need to see John Jones against, you know, a, a blown up light heavyweight. I want to see him fight. If he's going to go to the heavyweight class, Blades is a huge monster of a dude. Um, I've never stood right next to John Jones, so I can't tell you his size. But I have stood next to Blades, and the guy's a friggin' monster. Um, um, Stipe's a bigger guy, um, but probably a little bit more built like Jones. Uh, Blades and Ganu, these guys are friggin' monsters. I, I'd love to see uh, uh, Verdun. Verdun's a huge dude. I'd love to see. Um, I'd like to see John Jones fight a true heavyweight that isn't just a, a bloated light heavyweight so that that'll be interesting to see what they do i imagine he's not going to go for anything less than a title shot um probably jones Stipe is probably the least interesting out of all those fights for me honestly um like i said blades because i'd like to see if he could stop the wrestling it'd be cool to see jones against somebody who could maybe out wrestle him see how jones decides he's got to try to win a fight um where he's at a disadvantage in one of his um in one of his strong points so it, there's so much available though. Um, I think Joe, this is the right call for Jones though. I think he had run his course at light heavyweight uh, while people want to see Reyes again and, and uh, yawn fight. Um, I, I think the money fights, the fights that, that interest me and would make me want to pay money to go watch is definitely John Jones fighting at heavyweight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's certainly interesting to see where we'll, we'll be by the end of this horrible year. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot of, I think for the the next big fight everyone's looking at. I mean, I, I know they're trying to hype up Paulo Paul Costa and uh, Israel Adesanya, but I think everyone's looking at lightweight uh, Gaethje and, and Khabib as the next big fight for for the remainder of the year. So we'll see. Yeah, both those are great fights. I guess the one yeah. thing that we didn't see coming, and while Jones is going to go move to heavyweight, I think the biggest move uh, that, that was a shock to everybody was seeing Paige Van Zant. Uh, we, we knew her contract was up with UFC and we thought maybe she was going to go to, I, I would have bet my house. She was going to go to Bellator, uh, along with her husband, um, Vanderport, yeah. but, uh, but she signed with bare knuckle fighting championships. Uh, man, uh, surprise to me. Uh, I do think it's cool that she's got the balls, the size of, you know, Godzilla, uh, well, I, it's, I mean, like, I, it's it's a gutsy fucking move. Yeah, I mean, I get it and I don't get it. Obviously, they threw a lot of money at her. I mean, people always want wonder where BKFC gets their money from. But I mean, regardless of where it comes from, if you're the one getting it, what do you care? Um, but um, one one thing that stood out. I mean, it's it's something. I think I mentioned it before. Like I didn't, I wasn't impressed with Van Zant until she lost that fight against Rose Namajunas. She's uh, you know, she's a she's a pretty girl that does all the Instagrammy things and all the stuff, and you know, with the way she says thank you and all that stuff, it's like, you know, she's she's your typical like chick or whatever. But then, uh, you know, she's still a competitive combat sports athlete, and and one of the things that I know ESPN put up the quote where she said, "I don't want to be just another pretty face." I think she's just trying to do this for herself to show, you know, or not to show people, more for herself to just to be like, listen, I. I I am a fighter and I like fighting. So if this is supposed to be the most brutal part of combat sports, then, and uh, I mean, let's, let's be honest. Her, her grappling is her weakness. 
uh you know she they she calls herself 12 gauge because she likes to throw hands and stuff i mean it, it might work out great for her and um i give her credit you know it's it makes me think of um if you ever watched uh the special uh if you ever watched the movie fight club on dvd like the the special features of it there's an interview in it with helena bonham carter and she's talking about how great an actor brad pitt is but it's it's overshadowed because he's like a pretty guy you don't get you know he's he's known for his looks he's not known for his acting by maybe in his older age he did but back then at the time that film came out and uh, for some reason that that jumped in my head when, when Paige van zandt said what she said like she's a she's a great looking girl that everyone talks about dancing with the stars and instagram and the funny stuff she does with her husband you know the naked pictures or whatever they're doing on instagram but you know it's like uh it's like she's it's almost like she's stomping her foot on the ground saying hey i am a fighter and, and i'm gonna prove it so uh, hey I, I hope it works out i'll watch hopefully they put yeah. It on YouTube. <laughs> yeah i i think she takes heat because she is a, it, it cuts both ways though i mean she's yeah. got she's got where she is um she she's 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 a hard worker but she's got where she is because of her looks I mean, yeah. that's that's straight up being as honest as you can. There's nothing wrong with that. She took advantage of it. Um, she's also been tough as hell, um, tougher than I am, man. I've seen her take some beatings in there. Uh, I, I'm not signing up to fight bare knuckle. Um, so I, I just, I, I mean, I, I give her all the credit. In the, I always have, though. I've always been a fan of hers. I never thought she was going to be a world champion. I was just always thought she had great heart. Um, I thought she was a fun person. Some of the Instagram, some of the stuff since she's got married has gotten a little bit over the top, uh, cutesy kind of BS that um, <laughs> I don't, I don't find as entertaining now. Just in my jealous. But, but yeah, I mean, I just, I think it's, I think there's, it's, it's kind of a big F you to the world that, that goes, Hey, you're just a pretty face. Can't fight. You know, you wouldn't be anywhere. And she goes, well, okay sucker off i'm gonna go i'm here's i'm gonna go fight bare knuckle now and not only am i gonna fight bare knuckle but i'm going into an organization where i've knocked out the champion of bare knuckle so that i mean that's got to be some motivation although she knocked out beck rollins with a kick um it it still has got to be you know she's got to be going shoot i I knocked this chick out why don't i get that belt how old is she how old is Paige? yeah oh dude i mean i'd have to look but i can't imagine she's much older than like 27 yeah, so she's even even if she does like you know if she if she's there for two years three years, I for, I forget the details of the contract. I tried watching the they had the press conference today. She's uh, twenty six. Yeah, so like she can move on past that if she you know she can do put in her time at bare knuckle and still go to Bellator if she wants to. I'm sure that I'm sure they Scott Coker is definitely the type of guy that's like hey if you're not interested now then we'll talk later you know. The difference is she's taking a different route than most people. Most people do the MMA thing and then kind of finish up at bare knuckle because that's the last, the last hurrah um, for what we've seen so far with at least building the bare knuckle brand um, to be kind of in her athletic prime. I don't know if there is anything after this because I don't know how you, st- I don't know what the longevity of somebody, we haven't seen it, the longevity of anybody who's fighting bare knuckle. Uh, yeah. Go back to old MMA and stuff, but you still had wrestling and stuff to kind of protect yourself. This is basically, you know, die or, uh, you know, kill or be killed. So, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and her looks are going to fade fighting bare knuckle. Uh, I mean, a uh, scar here, a scar there can be kind of cute, but um, 
if she starts getting her teeth knocked out and stuff, it's it's gonna it'll go downhill a little bit. So um, I mm-hmm. don't know if there is, but I don't know if she needs any more fighting. If if they're paying her, what's rumored they're being to be paying her with the amount of money she says she makes on Instagram um, and all that other stuff, then maybe yeah. she just want maybe she, maybe it's like okay, I'm gonna do three fights of the hardest thing in the world to do that people then, are claiming, and then I'm gonna retire and I'm gonna be a million multimillionaire the rest of my life. I mean, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I mean, there's talk of her using her for other stuff though, like commentating future mm-hmm. events and things like that. So it's obviously whatever it is, it's not just fighting it. It's, you know, having a, having her as a, as a face for the brand that they can rely on. Cause you know, they tried having Paulie and you know, they have all these, they have, like you said, they have all these walkthrough uh, fighters and then, and then you don't see them. So it's definitely something that she could, she could uh, milk for a while. If you're going to have a spokeswoman, um, who's a fighter then i mean really who else is would you have other than her at this point um, yeah she's got the face she, people know her uh she still has that that uh, uh, she still was on dancing with the stars and stuff i mean that still resonates with a lot of middle-aged women and, and those people aren't going to be tuning in to watch bare knuckle per se but uh i would think that you might see some media around her fighting in bare knuckle that we never saw for any of the other previous bare knuckle events. Um, So that could be, I mean, depending on how they, how they play it and stuff. uh, But man, all props to her. I hope she, uh, I hope she's successful. uh, And I hope, I hope it pays off. I, you know, I bare knuckles have at events. I know their dates are getting all shuffled. They're getting stuff canceled, moving stuff around, but it looks like September 11th is their next event. uh, Lombard and, uh, uh, I forget who Lombard's fighting, but Baroni's fighting Tiago Alves, um, some some MMA names. So, uh, you know, they're keeping their ball rolling. I, again, never I, I imagine the money that they have is probably not on the most uh, up and up clean money. Uh, but uh, we all watched Ozark and uh, <laughs> and, and Breaking Bad and, and know how, yeah, yeah. How, how that works. Hey, whatever um, it is, I mean. We need stuff to watch while we're still locked in. So yeah, exactly. So so props to her guts. Um, that brings us then to this weekend. Uh, not going to go through the entire UFC card. Uh, honestly, it's not that great, and uh, there's not a lot of names. The main event is a fight that uh, we recognize both names, and it's it's a fight worth noting. Uh, Frankie Edgar uh, from your neck of the woods. Uh, What's uh what's the city he's from? Uh, Tom's River. Tom's River. I know Tom's River because they won the Little League World Series in like 1993 or something <laughs> when I was when I was playing Little League baseball. But uh yeah, so uh, Tom's River's uh, Frankie Edgar, Pedro Munoz, um, in the main event. I keep thinking these fights like this is fight taking place in like South Korea or something, but everything's just taking place in Vegas. Uh, yeah. Munoz coming off a loss to Sterling. Um, and then he had three consecutive canceled fights with Frankie Edgar. They just kept moving it, moving it, moving it. Finally, it looks like it's going to go down. So, uh, you know, uh, like I said, Munoz coming off the loss to Sterling, uh, Frankie Edgar coming off two losses to uh, Holloway and uh, Chan Sung Jung. Uh, the loss to the Korean Zombie was a uh, pretty brutal. So uh, we might be coming to the end here of Frankie Edgar's run. Um I don't know. I, I I won't pick against Frankie. Uh, no, me neither. I don't. You know, I don't want to go down that route. I think it's going to be a good fight. I think it'll be a tough fight for Frankie Edgar, but um, you know, I'll say he veteran outs a win here with a uh, with a hard fought decision win. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm not picking against him either. So that's enough of that. We we skipped to Saturday, but Friday night we got Bellator 244 coming up. Uh, yeah, exactly. Bellator's really the highlight of the weekend. Um, yeah. Some tremendous fights. We're starting to get the fights that I missed out on, which I originally had scheduled for uh, the May 16th. Actually, I'm sorry, the May 9th event that uh, I was holding on to before COVID broke out, and then uh, and then it never happened. But now we're at least getting that main event, uh, which was initially scheduled for that night. Ryan Bader, the uh, double champ champ in uh, Bellator, goes up against the first stage of the Team Fedor fight team <laughs> revenge tour yeah uh, light heavyweight uh vadim nemkov uh, 11 and 2 uh, but he has looked nothing but uh i mean he's been been dominant uh in bellator uh his l- losses are to uh prokaska who's making a name for himself in ufc and carl albrechtson uh was a split decision loss at uh also who, who's and he's fighting in bellator I had a tough fight in his last fight with phil davis um man fun fight i uh i'm going with team fedor i i i uh i, I think shocker uh, yeah shocker <laughs> shocker i i think uh i think uh nemkov uh picks apart vader with some kicks avoids the big left hand and uh i'll, I'll say nemkov uh Hell, I'll go with a fourth-round finish. Leg kicks, drops him, uh, finishes him on the ground. You know, one of the things I like about Bellator is the is how any fight can is. I mean, I mean, MMA is unpredictable enough, but something about Bellator's uh, events, like especially fights like this, you know, I uh, I mean, I, I know Bader's got a lot of experience. Um, He's been doing really well there, but uh, I mean, the something about the most. Of course, the highlight reels make everybody look good, but the, just something about what I saw from Nemkov uh, and the victories they they showed in the recent highlight vi- reel that, that they put out. I'm just, it's kind of hard not to pick them. I feel like we're due for. Uh, I haven't even looked at the odds for this yet, but uh, I feel like we're due for something. If if, if Bader's the favorite, then. I feel like uh, we might be due for another upset. Uh, slight, I slight mean, favorite. Bader's slight yeah. favorite minus one seventy. Yeah. See, I mean, so the fact that he's a slight favorite means it's it's it really is hard to call. Um. But yeah, I mean, uh, I don't disagree with you. I, I I'm 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 not gonna make it like a prediction of it because I feel like I just want to wait and see what happens. I think it's gonna be a great fight. I like I said, I'll. I'll uh... I, I think uh, I think we're on the precipice of a of a, of a team fade or takeover of Bellator uh, with uh, considering some of the you know, all their guys are spread out among weight classes. So between the Tokov brothers, Nemkov and uh, Mudalski, who also fights later on this card, uh, it'd be interesting. Uh, co-main event for that night: Julia Budd versus Jesse Miele. Uh, I don't know much about. Miele, including how to pronounce her last name, but um, I'm gonna, I, this looks like it's kind of a custom-made squash match a little bit to me. Uh, I will go with uh, Julia Budd by complete and utter domination. Yeah, I mean, she is a former featherweight champ, and um, I would imagine she wants to get back uh, on the on the uh, winning, uh, you know, path to uh, to get her, to get the belt back, maybe have a rematch or. What have you? So yeah, I can't disagree with that one. The next one, I'm I'm, I'm almost I I have to say, 
I don't know if Bellator hates Roy Nelson or what the deal is, but it's been a weird <laughs> it's it's been a weird year. No, well, listen. Every time they brought, they keep putting him in Mohegan Sun, and he keeps losing there or having issues there. You know, he stormed out of the one uh, during the press event there. Um, it, it's uh, I feel when I interviewed him for the last time he fought there because I was in for that fight week. I asked him, I'm like, what's up with you and Mohegan Sun? And he was like, I, I, I must be cursed or something. You know, like he comments on it. I, I, it might even be on, I think I put that video up on this YouTube channel. I'd have to check. I definitely have it in my file somewhere, but he, uh, oh no, it's, it's, uh, it's either there at the, at the MMA news.com uh, YouTube channel, but either way, it's almost like, it's like, come on, man. Like, you, I mean, I know they don't have a choice right now because of the pandemic and COVID-19, but. I, I I can't pick him because he always loses there. It's funny looking at his Bellator record. He won his Bellator debut in San Jose uh, against Javi Ayala. Since then, he's zero four fighting in Mohegan Sun. Yeah, like <laughs> it's like I, they don't have a choice. This is it for them. I mean, probably till December if things don't get get better. You know, I know they have it until September. They've announced, but as far as like uh, the remaining, you know, uh, the the rest of the year. If they're gonna go, I, I know I know that that the Viacom, CBS, you know, both Showtime Boxing and Bellator, they have the most Mohegan Sun Arena until at least December, and that's on Mohegan Sun's news news site. So, um, if they if he he, is, he doesn't have anywhere else to fight, and you know these guys got to get paid if they want to make money, and and I guess that's it for him. But I just feel bad that that he's in this situation. <laughs> But it's a crazy year. You know, it's been a crazy year for everybody. Maybe he wins. Maybe the weird year 2020 turns things around for him. Maybe. Um, I don't know. I don't see it. I, I think Modolski is the future of the heavyweight division. Uh, I think he will be the guy that eventually beats Bader to complete the the re, the revenge tour for Team oh, Bader. The other guy, yeah. Um, nine and one, only loss. Um was by split decision to Ali Akbari uh, in Ryzen, uh, coming off wins over a uh, dominant wins over Ayala Vassell. Um, he might need, you know, he, I think he might need another couple fights, uh, but I don't see how Roy Nelson beats him. To be honest, I'd expect Roy Nelson to be on his ass quickly into this fight uh, and and getting beat up until. Uh, I mean, uh, Roy Nelson's a tough dude, but like, 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 it's just it's horrible. That he has to fight there. That's all I have yeah. to say about that. I just, I, it seems to me like he's come down to, he's just, he's just Hail Mary punches at this point in his career. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, I, I, I think he, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's the way I see it. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but I'll take Moldovsky. I, like I said, I think he's the future of the heavyweight division. Uh, I like, uh, I have to say, I like Bellator's website too, better than the UFC's website. Just the, the smoothness of it. Yeah, it is a little cleaner. Um, <laughs> plus, like our like our uh, like our our uh, podcast, they have a good color scheme going. Yeah. <laughs> a lot, of, a lot yeah. of black, black, red, and white. So, yeah. um, uh, John Salter gets moved up to the. Uh, he's a main card fighter here uh, against Andrew Capel. Uh, I'll take Salter. Um, just uh, good fighter. I, I expect him to pick up the win here. Uh, I don't know if you have anything to add about that bout. No, no, I like John Salter. I mean, folks, uh, 
There's more. I think folks have seen a lot of his little funny uh, grappling academy advertisements where the dude's getting tossed in the back screaming. Um, but he's, I mean, he's definitely somebody that, uh, you know, he can he can definitely market himself a little better. Uh, this is a good opportunity for folks, uh, you know, to have him on the main card. Bellator is last that the, the uh, Henderson Chandler uh, did the best ratings they've had, you know, this whole year on Paramount Network. So I would imagine this Friday is going to be a, a good amount of eyeballs on uh, Bellator too on Friday night. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm glad that he's uh, on the main card. Yeah. So um, you know that's the four fight main card. Bellator generally sticks to that. This one we got a five round main event. So yeah. the prelims, than- are, just real quick, the prelims are on um on YouTube. YouTube, the app, and, uh, lots yeah, of ways yeah. to find the prelims, but the prelims yeah. are loaded. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Better run of prelims I've seen. Um, I see Yuri Thompson chiming in, Spark Yuri uh, chiming in, uh, saying Amasov. Yes, uh, Amasov is on the uh, prelims, which is a bit odd. Um, 23 and 0, uh, fighting 11 and 1, Mark Leminger. Uh, interesting fight. Uh, Vladimir Tokov, uh, Did the, I still the, the little of the Tokov brothers. Uh, Eric Perez, former uh, El Gallo, uh, versus Josh Hill. That's interesting. Picolati versus uh, Sydney Outlaw. Uh, I mean, basically, it's a, there's the Amasov fight. So, yeah, I mean, just a lot of names, a uh, lot of good records. Yeah. Uh, I, I think uh, Bellator has done a surprisingly good job. I know their first event only had a couple prelims. Last couple events have added on, and um, I like where they're going with their prelims. I, I think. Uh, I think we're moving on a lot from the, you know, one and one dude who, who you know, works at the Seven Eleven down the street from uh, the SAP Center, uh, getting on the card just to sell some tickets. Um, we're looking at some world class talent. Yeah, that's uh, Vladimir Tokov, uh, Atoli Tokov's uh, brother. I watched he fought uh, on the same card as uh, Anatoly. Yeah, I mean, at this point, the five and the four and fighter. I mean, that should be. Make for an interesting fight. I mean, I've always loved Bellator prelims. Uh, I know Jay Petri from Sure Dogs making fun of me because I, I was hyping him up. But I mean, I always, I always love the prelims at Bellator just because they always seem to be, uh, you know, violent. exciting and violent. Yeah, so good pacing. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they, they fly, they fly through them because usually they have more than they, they, uh, they really should have. Um, yeah. I think what, what do we got here? Like thirteen fights or something like that, roughly. Yeah. Eleven, eleven fights. So in reality, that's that's a perfect Bellator card. The, the twenty fights. Uh, there's Z boxing news. Uh, shout out to New Jersey. Uh, yeah, we gave that with Frankie Edgar, uh, Tom's River, Tom's River boy, and and we uh, we both uh, both Team Frankie this weekend. Just FYI, that's Danny Zaldivar's uh, YouTube channel as well. So make sure you check out his YouTube channel. Love it. Love it. So, uh, so yeah, so, uh, Bellator Friday night, UFC Saturday night, uh, UFC main card is on big ESPN prelims are on plus. So, uh, that is a positive, um, for the, 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 the fans that don't like uh, dishing out constant, uh, amounts money. of money for <laughs> streaming. Um, so yeah, Bell and then Bellator, uh, Paramount, um, actually it says us broadcast the zone. It, it, I feel like I've seen it advertised for the, the it's Paramount and DAZN. I, I can see it yeah, on the poster. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so that's got that outlets. And then, like you said, the prelims on YouTube. Um, it's almost like they're just like, yeah, yeah, it's on the zone too, because we're about to be done with them. 
but Paramount's, you know, their main. That's Paramount. And the, I, 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 I predict that we're going to start seeing stuff on more. Uh, I mean, they already, they already have that Bellator. I already forget Bellator rewind on CBS Sports. And um, I mean, if they can get back to the old days where they just put it on CBS, some of these cards that would be awesome for Bellator because everybody's got Channel Two. <laughs> and I don't use I don't use it a lot, but it seemed like kind of some cool news that Bellator uh, got their own little Pluto channel. Uh, 24 hours yeah. a day of Bellator fights. I did check it out um, on the app and uh, kind of cool. Uh, they were running some older fights and uh, it was just 24 hours of, of Bellator. So I wonder if they can um, like, you know, like how soon can you watch, you know, this event Friday night on Pluto? Like, I wonder what the turnover is, you know, like with, with, with UFC, it's usually like 30 days or whatever the case is, depending on where, if, if there's ESPN stuff or whatever, but yeah, you know, before you can see it on Fight Pass. So I wonder if they have a turnover. Uh, Got to look into that. I don't know. I don't know, but that's uh, that's interesting. I mean, it, it all, imagine, has to do with the rights, especially for DAZN and, and Paramount. Yeah. Um, otherwise, they can start kicking them to YouTube. Uh, but anyway, so um, pretty much wraps us up for this week. Um, like to thank Ed for this cool new logo <laughs> that we now have on uh on our screen for the youtube listeners uh check us out uh on allaccessmma.com uh helping bring you this podcast uh fans can follow me at mmahawk21 on twitter and instagram follow edit carbizal on twitter carbizal on instagram he also picked up the ufc4 video game uh so he may be uh, streaming that on his twitch channel watch uh what is, is it was it big head carbizal or big head ed or something like that? <laughs> old head <laughs> old, old head, head old head carb old, old head carb check him yeah. out as he as he uh fights his career uh through 5000 5000 uh Light Wind heavy show. Ed Carbazel. <laughs> Check him out on his Twitch channel. So uh, thanks everybody that listens. Uh, appreciate the support. Uh, enjoy the weekend and the rest of the weekend. And I'll uh, talk to you next week. Peace. Hey guys, Ed here. East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions, and in some, the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening. And if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast, maybe uh, bring you on for a UFC pay per view breakdown or two. Thanks again.